Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, where they crucified him, along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ of God, the chosen one. Well, for many of us, this story that we are hearing is a familiar one. It may even be a story that we could tell from memory. But we've come today to this place at this time. We've gathered to hear it again. Uh, I find it a hard story to read. It's a sad story. Let's be honest, most of us don't want to hear sad stories. But we have come to hear it again. Why? Why would we take an hour out of a busy day to come and listen to this story? Each of you I know have your own reasons for being here. It may be tradition that this is an important annual rhythm in your life. It may be some, a little bit of a sense of obligation that brings you here, that you know this is good and right, that it honors God to be here. But I hope that today you have come with a desire to hear something new that this story may have to offer you today at this particular time. Because I believe that's God's offer this, today. We are, as individuals, as a community, as a nation, in a very different place than we were a year or two ago, five years ago, ten years ago. And so there may be new and deeper ways that this story could speak to us. New insights that can give us comfort and hope on a day like today. New questions that it might raise for us to ponder. New understanding that might touch our soul and help to transform us more into the people that God has created us to be. So let's begin with prayer. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you that we can gather here in this place and on this day. We thank you that you are here, that you are willing to speak. Open our ears and our hearts and our minds to hear what you may have to say. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Well, out of all that scripture that's just been read, what I'd like to, for us to pause and consider right now is just one verse. It's a remarkable verse. I think it offers a number of things that bear pondering. So I encourage you to listen for what God might draw your attention to, a thought or an idea or an insight that might speak to you here on April 19th, 2019, that you might want to give more thought to throughout this day and as you wait for Easter morning. It's verse 34 where Luke records these words of Jesus spoken from the cross. Father, forgive them, 
for they do not know what they are doing. What an astounding statement for Jesus to make, particularly at that moment. And it's not just astounding because of what he said, but also because it's the first thing he said after being put on the cross according to Luke's gospel. That in itself is significant. But there's so much more here that is significant and remarkable that bears pondering in regard to these words. First of all, notice that the first thing Jesus says from the cross is a prayer to his father. After terrible humiliation and after experiencing, and while we're experiencing what we know is excruciating pain, he turns to his father in prayer. And think about what he could have done instead. He could have spoken to his accusers in any number of ways. He could have spoken to the criminals on his right and on his left. He could have spoken to his relatives or the followers that were watching from below. Some of those things we have a record of him doing later. But we're told that his first words were a prayer to his father. First things are important. They indicate our priorities. And the first thing Jesus did was turn to his father. It bears some pondering. But what Jesus prays is even more remarkable. What is his request of God? Father, forgive them. That is unbelievable. Again, think of what he could have prayed instead. He could have prayed for himself. He could have prayed for rescue. Get me out of this. Make this stop. God, take me quickly so at least I don't have to suffer for too long. He could have prayed for strength and courage to endure. Aren't these ways that we usually cry out to God when we find ourselves in a terrible situation? First we pray for rescue, get us out of it, make it end. If not rescue, give us strength. But Jesus didn't pray for himself. He could have prayed for his friends and his relatives. He could have asked God to help them, understanding how difficult it would be for them to see him suffer and die and to carry on in the days ahead. Again, a way we frequently pray for ourselves when we find our situations, find ourselves in situations where we are suffering. We have concern for those who love us, understanding that They are suffering too, and we pray for them. But Jesus doesn't pray for his friends or his relatives. Jesus prays for those who are crucifying him, which is fairly astounding. From the cross, the first thing he does is intercede for his transgressors. He prays for God to have mercy on the very people who are crucifying him. And by the way, Jesus here would seem to be praying for both the Jews who were responsible for his crucifixion and for the Romans who were carrying it out. For both those who believed in God and for those who were following other gods. 
Again, something that bears pondering. The love and compassion of Jesus is far, far more reaching than we might realize. And it's not dependent on our belief. Let's pause for a moment to notice here that Jesus doesn't pronounce forgiveness, which is pretty interesting. He asks the Father to bestow this forgiveness. And if you think about it, prior to this, Jesus had pronounced forgiveness himself on many people. He had the authority to forgive. We read of it time and time again where Jesus said, you are forgiven, your sins are forgiven. But here on the cross, we see that Jesus has in some way given up his divinity. He is in complete submission to the Father, experiencing a separation of some kind from his Father as he takes upon himself the punishment of the sins of all humanity. Again, worth pondering. Going back to the text, Jesus tells his father the reason he's asking for forgiveness for his enemies. He seems to explain it to him. Why should they be forgiven? They do not know what they are doing. Which seems like a little bit of an odd thing for him to say. Didn't we hear just a few moments their cries of crucify him, crucify him? Didn't we read about how they very intentionally sentenced him to death and tortured him and put him on a cross to die? But here, of course, Jesus is speaking to a bigger truth. He knows that these people didn't understand what they were really doing. First of all, they didn't understand who Jesus really was, who it was that they were crucifying. They were blinded from the truth. They somehow had missed all the signs And he has compassion on them because of that. Secondly, they didn't understand the depth of their sin, how grievous it really was. Some of them were just ignorant. They knew little about God or had little understanding of sin. Some of them were really good at justifying their actions. Some just flat out denied any wrongdoing on their part. But Jesus desired mercy for them. He understood their limitations. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And here, we must pause. And we, too, must realize that we are among those for whom Jesus prays here. Because it is our sin, too, that took him to that cross. And while we might not have nailed the spikes into his hands and his feet, it is our sin that is so offensive to God that made this ultimate sacrifice necessary and that continues to make that sacrifice necessary. To put it in very simple terms, Whenever we fail to carry out what Jesus identified as the two greatest commands, to love God and to love others in either big or small ways, and you fill in the blank about what that looked like for you this week, 
Whenever we make choices that are self-seeking or self-serving, rather than God-honoring and other-focused, we make the cross necessary. Because those unloving thoughts or words or actions separate us from a God who's holy. And this isn't meant in any way to guilt or to shame anyone. It is simply an invitation to understand our own personal need for what Jesus did on that day. Because we can ignore our sin, we can deny our sin, we can justify our sin, but the truth is our sin, if it were not for Jesus' death on the cross that day, would be an impenetrable barrier between us, between you and me and God. Were it not for Jesus' sacrifice on our behalf, we would have no way to enjoy the daily close relationship that the Father has created us to have with him. No way to appreciate and enjoy his love on a moment-to-moment basis, which he has invited us into. Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And what happened on that day on the cross would be what would ensure that forgiveness. But that gets ahead of ourselves in the story. You have to come back in a couple of days for that part. Today, on this Good Friday, you are invited to come before God as one who acknowledges your sin, as one who understands the great price that had to be paid to atone for that sin, and as one whom Jesus has prayed to his Father for forgiveness. To understand that while your offenses deeply offend Jesus, he has compassion on you. He understands as he took on the role of the perfect sacrificial lamb, he prayed for your forgiveness. And he carried out an act that would ensure that forgiveness. Definitely worth pondering. One last thing for us to ponder today, those of us who seek to be followers of Jesus, who understand and enjoy the love and forgiveness that Jesus offers. We're called to learn from Jesus, to emulate him, to do as he did. And so there's a challenge for us today also. Is there someone that you need to bring before God today and ask for forgiveness for them? Perhaps it's someone who has deeply offended you. But God's calling you to have compassion on them today. This is the way of Jesus. And we are invited into it. We have an opportunity in this, the quietness of this sanctuary today to reflect on our sin, on these ways that we may have fallen short 
Maybe it was today, maybe it was this week, maybe it was this month. We have an opportunity to confess to God those places where we have acted in self-serving and self-seeking ways, where we have failed to honor him and to love our neighbor. What a gift we have to go to God in confession. Will you pray with me? Father, you are holy and you are good. You are beyond our comprehension. And though we may be tempted to deny or justify our thoughts or actions or words that have brought harm, even unintended harm to others or to you, we recognize in this moment how offensive they are to you and we cry out for your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we silently confess those hurtful things that we have intentionally or perhaps just thoughtlessly done or said or acted on. Thank you, Father, that we can come before you in all honesty and authenticity. That we can allow you to see us for who we really are and for the assurance that you love us fully for who we really are. Thank you for your mercy that is new every morning. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your son, Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. God promises us that when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Because of the blood of Jesus shed on a cross 2,000 years ago, today, fully receive that forgiveness. Amen.